Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. It's easy to let the difficult circumstances of life blur our vision of the beautiful future the Lord has planned for His people. However, the most significant part of our future is to be able to stand in the presence of God Himself. Daniel chapter 7 paints a glorious picture of the Lord Jesus Christ meeting our heavenly. This is an incredible view into the unseen world given to us by God that He wants to use to encourage us all to press on and not give up. In Jesus, we see the heart of God, the Father, and Jesus fills us with hope. Let's join Pastor Jim in part two of his message. Keep your eye on the ball. Friends of God, this is to comfort us and to encourage us that God is going all around, that he has seen everything. He has seen all of the evil done to you. He has seen all of the good that you do. Now, some of you might say, well, how do I know if I'm a friend of God? Well, it's very simple. Jesus told us this. We say it many times. Jesus said, you are my friend if you do what I say. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Well, what did he say to do? He said to repent and believe. He said to turn to him, turn to God, put your trust in him and follow after him. That's how you know you are a friend of Jesus. And so here we have this scene where the, where the Holy One, the Holy God is there. The judge has come into the room, the Ancient of Days. The chariot with the fiery wheels is there. And when we go back about 150 years or so, Isaiah saw a similar thing, the throne room of God. And he said, even the heavenly creatures could not look upon the glory of God. And Isaiah 6, 3 says this, and one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts or the Lord almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And so the angelic beings, they can't even look at God because he's so holy, yet they praise him for his glory, for his righteousness, for his wisdom, and for his power. Let's look at verse 10 again. It says, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. So the idea there is the picture of, of God consuming his enemies. And they're mentioned in verses one through eight. And then it says this, a thousand thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. Now, you may not know this, but Bible scholars tell us that the highest number, now for us, what is the number? Infinity, right? <laughs> Pretty high number. And so, but in the Bible, the high, in the ancient world, the highest number they used was 10,000. They didn't go over that. So remember that the next time we sing 10,000 Reasons. Because some of you might sing that song and be like, well, only 10,000? Why not 20,000? Why not a million? Why are you cutting God so short? Well, because the writer of that song, one of my favorite songwriters, knows that the highest number they used was 10,000. And so here, Daniel knowing that, or God knowing that, God giving the vision to Daniel says 10,000 times 10,000. Now, is that supposed to be an actual number? No. Some of you are like, got your phones out with your calculator on them. How many is that? Okay, that's not it. It's supposed to give us a picture of a vast angelic army there in the court 
And the court is seated, it says, and the books were opened. So that's the courtroom scene. That takes us to number two, the accused. Now, perhaps we don't even say the accused. We might just say it's the guilty, since God is both the judge and the eyewitness. Since he's the judge who's seated to to judge the court, but he's also been the one who's been going around the earth, so he's seen everything. See, really, if God is the judge and the eyewitness, what case does anyone really have? You know, well, judge, this is what happened. A judge is like, no, you're lying. That's not the way it went down. Let me tell you the way it went down. And so there is, there is just both the judge and the eyewitness. Verse 11, Daniel says, I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words, or some versions say the boastful or the arrogant words, which the horn, we'll come back to the horn in a second, was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Now, what is the horn? The horn is a person uh, mentioned in verse eight. And in the first eight verses, we see that he is powerful, intelligent, and persuasive. Now, Bible scholars debate his identity, but nobody debates his power. This is, a, this is the most powerful being that the earth has seen. Yet, as soon as he mouths off to God, you know those people, don't you? Yeah, when I die, man, I got a few words for the man upstairs. Yeah, I got a few things to tell him. When I meet him, I'm going to set him straight. That guy is going to meet God, and God is going to go, I have, and he's gone. (laughs) Let me tell you, poop, gone. <laughs> that guy's not even, you got even to get a sentence out if they can even get a word out. That, that guy, that's going to be the, the we're all going to be there like, yeah, I knew he wasn't going to have a few things to share with the man upstairs. So here the Lord tells us that he takes the most powerful person in the world who opens his mouth and poof, he's gone. He's gone. Now, why would God tell us that? to show his people in difficult times how powerful he is. He takes the most powerful person in the world and he does away with them like that. He wants us to know that no one can stand against him. And if you are his child, ultimately, no one can stand against you. We live in a time when people have a lot of boastful words against God, don't we? We live in a time when a lot of people have a lot of really arrogant things to say to you if you are a follower of Jesus. But they'll have their poof day. And those days will end and followers of Jesus will be with God and the enemies won't. Jesus often quoted words are very, very appropriate here. Matthew 10, 28, he says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. There is only so much that people can do to you. Remember that. You don't like the way you're treated. You know, somebody makes fun of you or your faith or something like that. Remember, there's only so much they can do. 
And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather, contrast, fear him. Another another version says, be afraid of the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Friend, if you are here today and you are not a follower of Jesus, you're watching us online or listening on the radio and you are not a follower of Jesus, let me tell you, this is a call to you to put your trust in Jesus Christ. This is a call to you to move from being afraid of God, destroying your soul in hell, to becoming a child of God by simply putting your trust in the way to heaven, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's interesting in these verses we've just read, we actually get a a kind of a description of God. Now you say, well, it really wasn't that much of a description, but there's not a lot of descriptions of God in the Bible. Particularly, we're told a lot about his character. Jesus tells us something more information about him in the New Testament. This is, you know, 500 plus years before Jesus is born. But there's not a lot of real descriptions. Moses is like, I want to see your glory. And God's like, okay, but you better hide. (laughs) There's not really a lot told about him. But But why are these people told this about God? Because they need his hope. They need to know how he will vanquish his enemies. Now, they've heard about it before, how he did it with the Egyptians, but now they are getting a visual picture of God himself. In the same way, friends, we need to see the glory of God. It's something that we need to be constantly looking for and to of what is to come, to overcome, to help us overcome the darkness in this world. Because if we don't practice the presence of God, if we're not looking for the glory of God, then this dark, dark world is just going to overpower us. It's going to be so hard to keep a positive attitude. It's going to be so hard to to not have a weary and weakening faith. See, the Lord wants us to see that a new world order is coming. Not like this one, but one that is governed by God and has a perfect existence. God is showing to Daniel, to God's people, to you and to me, the necessity of keeping our eye on the ball. Don't be fooled by the curveball, don't be fooled by the junk. Keep your eye on the ball. The scripture puts it this way in the New Testament. Keep your eye on the prize. Why? So you, so I, so we are on the Lord's side when that day comes. God wants to show us the benefits of trusting him, the benefits of being faithful to the end at a time when probably in Daniel's day and certainly in our day, when many followers of Jesus are giving up or they don't even realize it, they are just slipping away. It's a sad time. It's a time for us to be encouraged and to be encouragers of others that are falling away. 
The Lord does not want you or me or any of our friends to let the difficult circumstances of this life, he's not telling us to ignore them, but to, not to let the difficult circumstances of this life blur your vision of the glory that is to come. Well, that takes us to number three, the arrival. All of a sudden, somebody shows up on the scene. Look at verse 13. He says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man. Now, let's just stop right there for a second. Jesus calls himself that term, the Son of Man, over 80 times in the New Testament. Half of them in the Gospel of Matthew. So if you were here a few years ago, you're like, that's a very familiar term to me. So as I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, another version says like a human being, I'm not so much into that translation, coming with the clouds of heaven. Stop right there. That is in many places an Old Testament description of God. So Daniel is saying, I'm watching the Ancient of Days in the courtroom and all of a sudden this other divine being is showing up because I know what this terminology means. He came to the Ancient of Days, so they're both divine, but they're different. And they brought him near before him. Then to him, the Son of Man, was given dominion. Some versions say authority to rule and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. Some of your versions say should worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, whose kingdom? The son of man's kingdom. You're like, I thought it was the ancient of days kingdom. Is it the ancient of days kingdom or the son of man's kingdom? Exactly. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. So here we get this picture of a divine being, the son of man. Again, Jesus' favorite name for himself. So Jesus is out preaching and he calls himself the son of man. And the religious leaders, it's like, you know, on the chalkboard, like, that's what it's doing to them every time he says that. Every time he says he's the son of man, they're like, did you hear what he's saying? People, we go, people in our age go, Jesus never said he was God in the Bible. The religious leaders would have said, the heck he didn't. He was saying it all the time. All the time he was saying he was. And so that would infuriate them that he would say that. And so he's coming to, it's his favorite name for himself, and he's coming to the divine ancient of days. Yet Jesus is, we're told here, one like the Son of Man. It's very interesting. He's like the Son of Man. So it's, he's like us, but he's like God. In essence, we call Jesus the God-man. He is the perfect man because he is God. Jesus is truly God and truly human. Now, the name Son of Man is so critical. Why? Because God put on humanity. He added humanity. God put on humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, this was done for a lot of reasons, 
One, it was to be in obedience to the Father. Another one, it was to live a perfect life in our place, to die on the cross in our place, and defeat, defeat death by rising from the dead. But when it comes to people that are in very, very desperate times, it was also to experience humanity. This month, my, my father will be gone 20 years. I had a great dad. I had a good relationship with my dad. Last night, my wife and I were watching a movie, and I just said, that's the way. And it was a dad was being really positive. A guy was being really positive. And I said, that's the way my dad used to talk to me. I realize that is not the experience of a lot of different people. But see, by all evidence, we don't see any mention of Joseph. We know he was a good man, a righteous man. The Bible says that. It doesn't say that of many people. So by all indication, it appears that Joseph was gone, was dead before Jesus began his ministry. So I will be saying to Jesus, I know you know what like this feels like to have a good dad. I have no unfinished business with my dad. I just miss him. Plain and simple, that's it. And to say to Jesus, I know what this is like. Now, some of you may have a different approach and say to Jesus, I know you know what it's like to be persecuted by this world. I know you know what it's like to be put down by those you thought were your friends or to be you know, stabbed in the back by someone who was supposed to love you. But see, this is how we, we relate to the man, Christ Jesus. We relate to him on the God plane and we relate to him on the human plane. You know, when I first became a Christian, I was raised Roman Catholic and People used to say to me, well, what's the difference being a Protestant and, and, and being a, a Roman Catholic? And I said, well, I kind of felt like being a Catholic, there was, there was such an emphasis on Jesus just being a man. And I feel like being a Protestant, there's such an emphasis on Jesus being God. And, I, and when I read the Bible, though, I see the two coming together. Theologians call it hypostatic union in complete perfection. So I can talk to Jesus as my God, but also as someone who, as the Bible says, was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, who as a man was tempted as always and we are, and yet without sin. Do you see, without sin, do you see how those things work together? And this is the way we identify with Jesus. John 14, 9, Jesus said this, he who has seen me has seen the Father. In the person of Jesus of Nazareth, we see. That's why when you read the Gospels, it's so important to read them so carefully and methodically. We see the heart of God. We see the love of God. We see the character of God. We see the power of God over sickness and sin and death. In Jesus, we see that God has time for people that most of this world doesn't have time for. All the people are running around. Come on, we're going to make you famous. Let's go, let's go. And he goes, now nah, I got to go to the next town and preach the good news. But what does he do on the way? He stops for children. He stops for lepers. He stops for the handicapped. He stops for the blind. He stops for prostitutes. 
He stops for tax collectors who, who were considered to be the worst of all sinners because they were Jews collecting taxes for the Roman Empire. He stops to heal the sick. He stops for people that the world had ignored. Do you ever feel invisible to the rest of the world? Jesus stopped for the invisible. Jesus, can you picture Jesus just walking into certain towns going, hey, you, come here. And people going like, me? You don't see me. I'm invisible. He's like, come on, invisible man. I see you. I see you. Jesus didn't have much time for the in crowd. The in crowd was the religious leaders. And when, we had, when he had time for them, it wasn't very pretty. He goes, you know, you think you're in, but you're actually out. And until you trust in me, you're going to stay out. But if you want to get in, you got to put your trust in me. And Jesus simply called people to follow God and to have a a proper perspective on earth. And that's really what it's all about. Putting your trust in Jesus, following him, and having a proper perspective of, of the mission here we are on on earth on the work that God has given us to do, but to have it all in proper perspective. The Bible tells us that Jesus taught with authority. It told us that he forgave sins. It told us that he preached the kingdom of God. See, at the first coming, Jesus came as a savior king on a cross. His throne was a cross. He came gentle and he came lowly. But the second time, he's going to come as a conquering judge. He is going to come as a powerful warrior king. The night before he was crucified, and actually in the middle of the night, Jesus was on trial with the religious leaders, and they put it right to him. They said, are you the son of God? Son means nature of are, are, you, are you who you say you are? Are you being a mere man, make yourself out to be God? Are you who you say you are? Mark 14, 62, 64, we get Jesus' answer. He finally answers them. Jesus said, I am. That is the name of God. And you will see the son of man. They know exactly what he's talking about right now. And I don't think this is meek and mild, Jesus, I think this is beaten to a bloody pulp, Jesus, staring him right down and saying in all of his strength, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. What is he saying? I'm the guy, you know who I am. I am the guy Daniel said would come. You know full well who I am. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, what further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. They know full well who Jesus says he is. What do you think? And they all condemned him. He'd be deserving of death. And so Jesus will die on the cross and be raised from the dead. Imagine the surprise of those who hate Jesus of those who judge Jesus incorrectly when they see the God-man coming on the clouds with his army. Now, people for centuries have wondered how would that be possible? Now, there is, of course, the sense of the miraculous. But for the practical, they thought, well, that could never be. 
I guess when they, they thought the earth was flat, they thought it was easy. Well, I'll just look up and there he is. But what happened when they discovered when the earth was round? But you know, now people aren't much saying much about that. We have satellites. There's ways that we don't, even if you put the miraculous aside, Elon Musk is saying he's going to take the internet to the whole world within two years. People are, well, don't, there's no even really debate about that. Would we be able to see him coming? The ancient of days declares the rulers of the world are guilty. Verse 12, it says that they, they had their dominion taken away. And then we're told that it is given to Jesus. Now, Daniel's already learned that historically. In chapter two, he, we were told that God gets rid of and sets up kings. Remember, we said we get the leaders we deserve. I hope some of you are saying that when you're watching television or when you're listening to the news, or you're on, on, online and you're like, yep, yep, we get the leaders we deserve. If you don't believe it, read the book of First and Second Kings. You'll see it's true. You'll see it's true. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.